a lot of people ask me if zero shoes are appropriate for professional athletes. You know, why don't we have professional runners or various other people who are wearing our shoes? Well, runners, of course, because they get paid to wear other shoes. And we don't have that kind of cash. But we have a lot of athletes who are using our shoes, even if they're not competing in them, for training. And we're going to talk about that in something that uh, even if you're not into this particular sport, you will find it fascinating in just a few moments on this episode of the Movement Movement, the podcast for people who want to know the truth about what it takes to have a happy, healthy, strong body starting feet first, because you know those things are your foundation, and where we break down the propaganda, the mythology, and sometimes the flat-out lies you've been told about what it takes to run or walk or play or to yoga or CrossFit or things that you're going to hear about on this episode, and to do that enjoyably and effectively and efficiently. And Did I say enjoyably? Trick question, don't answer. Of course I did, because look, if you're not having fun, do something different until you are, because otherwise you're not going to keep it up anyway. Just FYI, I'm Stephen Sashen from ZeroShoes.com, your host of the Movement Movement podcast. Um, And we call it the Movement Movement because we, and that includes you, I'll tell you how in a second, are creating a movement about natural movement, letting your body do what bodies are made to do. And the way you can participate, the movement of the movement movement is go over to um, our website, www.jointhemovementmovement.com. Don't be confused. There's nothing you need to do to join. There's no membership fee. There's not a secret handshake. You don't even need to opt in, but that's where you'll find out all the previous episodes, find out, find all the previous episodes of the podcast, find the different ways you can engage with us, find where you can find the podcast. And of course you can opt in and subscribe and like, and give a thumbs up and share and all those things. Basically, you know, the drill, if you want to be part of the tribe, please subscribe. All right, let us jump in. Um, Rafi Stotz, it is a pleasure to have you here. Do me a favor, tell people who you are and what you're doing here. Yeah, so uh, I'm Rafi Stotz. I'm a Bellator world champion. I'm a two-time national champion in wrestling. Um, I'm also a father, I'm a husband. And yeah, I'm, I'm here because we have announced that I am partnering with Zero Shoes. I've been using Zero Shoes for probably like six months now. I used it my whole camp. I had a, a championship fight in Hawaii. I used it my whole camp to prepare for my fight. And I'm here to talk about how much I love Zero Shoes, what the benefits <laughs> I feel like for me have been, you know, because um, I do. I get the questions, too, all the time. Like, hey, man, are you wearing the shoes or are you just like <laughs> you just getting paid, you know, from Zero Shoes? And I've also gotten shoes for my training partners, my coaches and things like that, because they see the benefits. They see, you know, like the strength and the things that I'm building and the things I'm able to do or they, they see the benefits. So, so they want in on it. You know what I mean? So um, yeah, I'm just here to talk about that. Okay. Well, I guess we're done. Thank you so much for being part of the podcast. <laughs> oh, well, I, I'm going to back up and, and uh, pick apart some of the things you said one by one, because they're really fun. So for people who yeah. don't know, uh, wrestling is one thing. Bellator is MM, an MMA. Uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not branch um, uh, group. Come on. Give me the word that I, I uh, sport. Uh, no. A niche. Uh, well, no, niche. the MMA is a niche thing, but Bellator is its own little. Oh yeah, subset. yeah. Bellator is an organization. Bellator is an org. So the sport is MMA, right? So wrestling is a sport. MMA is a sport. Basketball is a sport, right? <laughs> so uh, the organization I compete in is Bellator. So right. so basketball is to MMA what the NBA is to Bellator. Um, there you go. That so that's what it. So MMA is a sport just like like UFC. The UFC is a different organization 
there you go. MMA. The MMA is the sport. Mixed martial arts is yep. the sport. And so, um, and now again, like I said, if you're not into mixed martial arts, if you're not hip to this, if you think, you know, first of all, many of you might have the immediate reaction when you just see Rafiana and just hear him talking. He's not what you would think of when you think of an MMA guy. He does not yeah. seem like, you know, someone who's just ready to punch you in the face at any given, yeah, like that. He's not doing <laughs> that face. He's, you know, now when you see, you know, pictures of him uh, fighting or working out, this guy is uh, clearly in shape for doing that. But, you know, one of the nicest guys you're going to meet. And I think that's an important thing to highlight because people do have ideas about MMA that they don't understand or that aren't accurate. Um, and yeah. this is, you know, it's funny. What's the, there's a um, a word for boxing. They, there's something art, the pugilism. No, but there's another word like about the just I can't think of the phrase, but it's basically about the art of boxing, which sounds like a crazy thing. But when you start to understand boxing a little bit, you really get the art component of it. MMA, same thing. It can look like just two guys going at it, but it is much more than that. So I want to back up before we get back to the zero shoes part. I'm just really curious. How did you get to MMA at all? And you started with wrestling. Yes. Yes. I started wrestling. And And to be honest, like my... Uh, like entry into MMA was a lot like my entry into wrestling. It was like the curiosity, like curiosity and like learning new things. That's what really got, got me hooked. And when I got to MMA, so I, I did wrestling. I started wrestling when I was a junior in high school, which is like really late for a wrestler to begin. Um, and then I won nationals, I all American. Um, I did like really good, great things, uh, especially for starting so late because I like dived into the art of wrestling, you know, the, um, like, you know, why I'm putting my foot here, uh, how I'm manipulating somebody. And then that kind of carried over um, to mixed martial arts. Mixed martial arts is wrestling, it's boxing, it's kickboxing, it's Muay Thai, it's any any martial art that you can think of mixed into one, pretty much taking the best techniques you get to compare them versus all of the techniques and martial arts another person can bring, you know? so. That was what like hooked me to, to mixed martial arts. Like I had no idea about how to box. I had no idea about how to do jujitsu. And me learning these techniques was like like really fun, you know? It's like kind of a rabbit hole of like techniques and things that I can learn, you know, to manip- manipulate somebody else. It was just like super fun to me in, in the beginning. And, you know, when I watch an MMA fight and to back up, you know, think about UFC Ultimate Fighting Championship, the way that started was literally some Brazilian jiu-jitsu guys wanted to prove that yep. they were the best fighters. And so they were, you know, staging these fights between different martial artists, Aikido guys against wrestlers, you know, boxers against Muay Thai guys. Um, Thai, you know, it's like one after another. And of course, the Brazilian jiu-jitsu guys just wiped everybody off on the floor. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, it was it was great marketing is what it was. And but it's evolved. I mean, I don't follow it really, really closely, but I've been tracking it. Jeez, I just realized it's been over 30 years. Um, holy smokes. Because uh, I was doing Aikido and Tai Chi, but not the way most people do those, which is Tai Chi. They look at it's like old people doing relaxing. We did it right. as a fighting art and a sport. Same thing with Aikido. We were going to just, you know, dance around and throw ourselves on the ground. I worked with a bunch of guys and, and women who we just wanted to see, is this thing for real or not? 
which yeah. by the way, got me into a lot of trouble when I found dojos <laughs> that were not interested in that. Like, apply, like applying it in real life, like against or in a self-defense situation. Well, I, I'll tell you, well, I'll tell you something funny about that, but I mean, more, it was like, look, you know, if you watch Aikido, it looks very dancey. And, yeah. um, and, and a lot of times people are just kind of, you know, if the person who is being attacked will do some move and the person who was attacking kind of goes with the flow instead of what would happen in a real fight where they'd come back after you. I mean, it would just right. all different games. Right. So we just, you know, we attack people for real and we wouldn't throw ourselves on the ground if they didn't, if they didn't get us to you know fall on the ground and we wouldn't just yeah. like go for the ride. We'd come back. And it was incredible. Like you said, it was just fascinating. It was really, really interesting. But I, I annoyingly, this, that's going to sound a funny way of saying it. I never got into a fight. And I say annoyingly because I was always curious. Um, like my Tai Chi teacher was a 27 year old guy who'd been doing Tai Chi since he was five. Mm-hmm. When he was 20, he said to his teacher, what about the fighting part? And his teacher said, it's all just built into doing the form. And so yeah. he would go into these biker bars and just pick fights with people just to see what would happen. And he never lost. You know, yeah. I was not that crazy. <laughs> but, there were, but there were a couple of times living in New York City where someone, mm-hmm. they were, you know, wanted to pick. I mean, a cab driver cut me off on my bicycle. I yelled at him. He jumps out of the cab and yells, I'm going to kill you, man. I'm going to kill you. And I'm thinking, I've never been in a fight. I've been doing these martial arts for five years. And I went. All right, give it a shot. He's like, what? I said, <laughs> Let's try it. Shot. Yeah. Like, and he's like, I'm going to, no, seriously, I'm going to kill you. I said, yeah, yeah, I know. Come on. Because I just wanted to see what would happen, you know? And then he said, oh, if I ever see you again. And he gets in his car and leaves. So, yeah. you know, which is yeah. actually a great fight. Yeah. So. You know, you know, the crazy thing about, um, like, when I started, like, learning martial arts, and I think this, because I go to schools and I talk to children about, like, getting involved in a martial art. And the martial arts that I have trained in, you do like a bunch of not fight simulation, but you're like you're applying a lot of the things that you do. So like in boxing, like we're punching at each other where, you know, we go live rounds or in jujitsu or wrestling. Like you're trying to beat one another with the grappling in that, like learning all that. And then also probably because I get in fights for a living, um, it builds a, a sort of like confidence where when I'm in like situations like that, where I'm not like I feel like most fights happen because of of the um the unknowing like i want to prove to this guy that i can beat his butt because um he doesn't believe that i can beat his butt i feel like most like bar fights and, and things of that nature um happen like that but with like from me like uh doing martial arts and things like that i know that i'm gonna like win those situations like i know it so and it's not like the i don't i don't feel a need in those situations to like prove that to this guy because this guy doesn't know it. Like I know it. So I'm like, if something comes comes at me, you know, I'm definitely gonna handle myself. But I'm not seeking out those things because it it's not as it's not as exciting to me, you know, to 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 beat up somebody who doesn't really know what they're doing. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Do you, um, do you ever hear Mike Tyson talk about this? No. Oh, he what says, you know, I'll go to, I'll be in a club or a bar or something and someone wants to pick a fight with me. And, and all I could think is you don't understand if I punched you once you would die. Yeah. Just knowing that he's yeah. like, you know, he just kind of like chuckles and walks away. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. like it's I been countless situations. And, and mo- in those situations, I find myself like laughing. Right. Which- that, it didn't. It doesn't help in all of my situations. Because most of the time, when I like end up laughing, like they are more agitated, or you know, or they feel more 
a need to like prove themselves to me. And I'm like, please don't. Like, I'm joking right now, but like, if you touch me, that's not going to be good for you, you know? But, well, and, you know. And, and, and hold on, how, how tall are you? I'm only 5'7. <laughs> and how much, what do you weigh? I weigh uh, probably 160. Yeah. So that's the kind of thing, you know, bigger guys might yeah. think, oh, here's something, here's someone I can go yeah. after. And, you know, if you're just kind of <laughs> chuckling at them, that's going to be very upsetting. That'll yeah, be you know, really. Upsetting. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, it's and funny. I've definitely, I, I've definitely got into fights because of that, but um, it's <laughs> nothing that I like seek out, you know. But. I had a, I had a thing once where some guy was, um, uh, I was on the bike path and I went around someone and I didn't yell on your left. Cause I went around him by like 20 feet and he started yeah. screaming at me that you're supposed to yell on your left. And I stopped my bike. And I said, do you really want to argue about this? I mean, is this really something you want to get into? And I was really tempted to say, to say just for fun, do you know Brazilian jujitsu? And he would of course go, uh, no, I went, Oh, then you should come to my school. I mean, I, I school. Now I don't, yeah. I don't, you know, I don't even but, know BJJ. But that would give him like a second thought. Like, exactly. And this, wait a this guy was big. He was like, you know, six, two. Really yeah. Just, just to, just to do that pattern interrupt to make people go, wait a minute, wait a minute. So <laughs> let me think, let me yeah. think about it. If, if this guy who's five, five, one forty five is willing to challenge me, something is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If it looks too good to be true, it might not be true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think that sums it up. So, um, and no, I, I, what was it like for you when you went from wrestling into the, and added these other uh, these other martial arts. I mean, most people in MMA they do have a specialty that they rely yeah. on, but sometimes you know that specialty doesn't isn't really the best thing for a fight. What was it like yep. adding these yeah. other things to the mix? Yeah. So so when I started, I was um, I was actually like um, in between. I was thinking about going to like the Olympic level and wrestling, like on a senior level uh, for wrestling. At that time, a, um, a fighter by the name of Jens Pover, who's the first UFC champion, was starting a gym in the same town that I was I was wrestling out of. He he asked pretty much for me to come to his gym to just show the MMA guys some wrestling. So um, I went there pretty much just like for a job. You know, I was just going to show everybody um, how to wrestle. You know what I mean? Uh, the MMA guys, how to wrestle. Then eventually he got me to do some kickboxing classes. And then he got me to do some jujitsu classes. Um, and then that's where it like kind of piqued my interest, you know, like I would come to these classes and I'm like, man, I didn't know that. Or man, that's cool to do, you know? Um, and, and it had gotten to a point in wrestling where I, like I was at the top level, but it wasn't like a lot of learning. I mean, there was still like, like fine tuning and stuff like that, but there wasn't like an abundance of learning thing, uh, new things. When I came to the MMA, there was an abundance of, of learning. Just like my eyes were like wide open with all the new techniques and, and, and ways to think about, you know, manipulating uh, somebody in a fight. So, um, yeah, so so he got me hooked with that. And then it took a while, took like six months or so uh, for me to like get a fight. He was like, because he, he got me to the class and they were like, hey, man, you might as well like, try out a fight, fight now, you know, you you know all the things now. You might as well try a fight. And um, I did an MMA fight, and no lie to you. So I, I finished this guy in like a standing. This guy was like six one. Um, granted, I'm five seven. I had him in like a front headlock, and it's a, a called an anaconda choke. His legs were like dangling in the air, and then uh, like I let him go. Like he he tapped kind of in the air. I let him go, and he was like unconscious. 
and I thought I was like the biggest deal or the baddest guy on <laughs> planet Earth. And that feeling hooked me. <laughs> like I was, I was, I was addicted to the learning new things. But then that feeling of like, um, like winning a fight, I was hooked. I was hooked. I thought I was the bad. I felt so strong. So I felt like I was the, the baddest guy on earth. You know, granted, I'm I'm still an amateur and I don't really know everything. Yeah. And um, like me to this day would like trash the guy. You know that I. The, the guy that I was, but yeah. um, yeah, but that that feeling, I was like, man, like this is this is super fun. I want to do this more. So uh, well, that's how I got into it. Well, in some worlds, you know, having that first thing that you do go that well is bad news because it's not always like that. So this yeah. is you do comedy for a living. And people say the worst thing you can have is a good first set because your second uh -huh. set is going to suck. And then, yeah. or, you know, stock traders, the worst thing you can have is a good first trade because then you think you're smart. And so, yeah. <laughs> and so were, did you have any of those sort of, you know, roller coaster things or just given your wrestling background, I imagine it might have evened yeah. out the curves. Yeah, given given my wrestling background, I had wrestled like at the, at the at a high level, and I had taken L's, and I'm taking L's like kind of all the time or throughout wrestling because also I started wrestling late, so a lot of guys like knew a lot more than me, were better than me. Uh, I hadn't you know uh, practiced enough uh, of techniques, so I didn't necessarily like like fall into that like I am like I am the best. I knew I, I wanted to get better. I knew I wasn't where I needed to be. And I'm, I was, I was addicted to the learning part. So I was more of a, like a gym rat, you know? So like trying to, to be there early, be there late for the technique and the mindset of, of fighting, you know? And I think that that paid uh, dividends for me because that's what ultimately like I can rely on now is like the knowledge that I, I gained while I was coming up, you know, or the, the willingness and wanting to like learn. I think that, that, that helps. I mean, it helps me out oh to my this God. day. No, that, that's a huge thing. Um, you know, I just thought of a, a weird thing. Like when I, during COVID, actually, I watched a lot of Brazilian jiu-jitsu videos. I, I don't know why I found it really fascinating. And it did look like it was really fun. I think of BJJ and MMA to a certain extent. It's like a three-dimensional chess match with two, yeah. you know? Yeah, that's how it were. I looked at wrestling at that way before before I found jiu-jitsu, you know? Um, but yeah, that... And just like in a chessboard where there's just so many different ways you can go to get to the same goal. Um, that's yeah, I, exactly. A 3D chessboard. That's exactly how I see it. And it's so fun. Like it's so fun to like figure it out. Like, okay, maybe this guy's stronger than me, but I have techniques I can do for that. Uh, he goes left. I can go, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, or yeah. I can, I can, I can either use his uh, momentum or push against his momentum. It's uh, yeah, it's just super fun. It's super did you fun. did you by chance see? I think I think it was on HBO or Netflix. I can't remember which. Uh, it was a show that was on during COVID. They're waiting for the the rest of the first season and hopefully a second season called The Old Man. Do you know about it? No. Uh -uh. It's uh, so it so Jeff Bridges plays a a way retired CIA guy who gets dragged back into something, and in the first two episodes in particular, there are fight scenes where there's a lot of stuff that's very MMA-ish. And from from all the stuff that I watched and listening to the commentary, um, you know, I learned just enough about how to watch MMA or watch BJJ. And, yeah. and I knew, you know, certain things about what you want to do in that chess game. And what was amazing about that show is like, there's a time where I'm going, oh, you got to lock his leg right there. And then suddenly he locks his leg. Oh, you got to get, you know, you got to get guard on there. And suddenly he does that. Yeah. So it's like, it was for real. So that's a yeah. prelude to asking to, to this weird question. For 
someone who doesn't know anything about MMA, if you're going to, if they're going to watch, what would you ask them or invite them to kind of look for so that they could get a little bit of an understanding that might make them want to find out more about either just watching it or maybe even trying any of those different martial arts? When it comes to like the grappling, I feel like that the grappling is like the hardest point to to like kind of know when someone's in control or when, you know, someone's winning. So, um, well, hold on, let's pause, let's pause there. Cause yeah. I, I want to highlight that because, and, uh, and feel free to add in or correct. A lot of yeah. times the guy on the bottom is in control. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just exactly. not the way we think about a fight. Exactly. Exactly. And, um, yeah. So for the personal uh, naked eye, you know, that has no experience in MMA, I would just like control, whether it be from top or bottom, I would look at who has control of the situation, you know, or who has, who has the ability, who, who has the ability to disengage if they want to. Oh, that's Um, that's a big, that's, that's a, that's a big one too. Like if someone has the ability to, uh, uh, yeah, disengage, then they have, they have the control of the situation or, or where the situation um, is. So um, I would look at, and it's, and that's even there, that's hard to do. Like it's hard to do, but that's, there. but, but like just giving someone an idea of something to look for is going to yeah. give them some kind of guidance in how they perceive things. And they might, and you're going to find, I'm saying to everyone else, you're going to find sometimes you think that someone's in that situation and they're wrong, or sometimes yeah. we're in that situation for the moment that you thought it, and then it changed. changed. But, you, know, you yeah. eventually figure, you start to, eventually you just start to notice patterns. Mm-hmm. And these patterns are really, really fascinating. So, uh, so, so, so I, here's, I got to ask, coming from wrestling into MMA, what was it like the first time you got seriously hit in the face? Oh, it was like, there's like a ringing and a surprise that you're not, accustomed to you know um and obviously pain you know uh the pain and just the like the shaking and like the pain of it or like buzzing they call it sometimes i think like getting used to that is not normal you know um (laughs) you think (laughs) Uh, yeah and i realized that like fighting a lot of the things that we're naturally you know uh human nature tells us to do is like kind of the opposite of what you have to do in fighting to be successful. You know what I mean? Give me an example. So, uh, for example, like if someone is uh, someone is punching you or like in the range to punch you. So if you want to reattack or if you want to uh, commit offense, it's better for you to block and not a lot absorb, but kind of attack the attack, you know, to attack the attack while loading your attack. That's the fastest way to commit offense uh, when someone's like offending on you or committing offense on you. You know what I mean? Human nature is to run away. Right. Right. Where there's like benefits to run away, but it takes more time to develop your off uh, offense. Like if I move away from you, then I also can't hit you. You know, I can't hit you back. You know, right. What I'm, what I'm saying. So uh, like that's one of the things like human nature, like someone throws a strike at you, you run away or you move away, you know, um, and, and, and in MMA, like how you move, uh, might open up something else. Like you might move your head back, uh, but your legs are still there. So they'll kick your legs. Um, and you're not in a position to defend. Whereas if you, if you stay postured forward and absorb the shot, then you're ready to check legs. You're ready to hit back. You're ready to wrestle, but that's opposite of what like human nature uh, tells us to do. 
I hate to ask this question, but I'm going to. Yeah. Did you find when you started feeling things like that, and it's a little, it's obviously a little different in wrestling, but but when you start really getting familiar with, I don't want to say comfortable, familiar yeah. with doing things like stepping in to an attack so you can attack back. Did you notice that that had any impact on the way you do anything else in your life? Yeah, I think so. I mean, fighting in general definitely has had an impact on how I attack different different parts of my life. Just like the myth, because a lot, great deal of it is men- mentality, you know? And I don't know if it's like I'm more aggressive in the, the rest of my life. I don't I don't feel like that's the case. But I definitely I feel like I go about things intelli- more intelligently and or deliberately. I should say deliberately. Uh, um, I do things more deliberately once I start figuring out like the way I'm fighting should be deliberate. Like every little every step I take, every thing I do should be deliberate. So like how I handle my fa- finances, how I ha- handle my children, everything is like deliberate. I'm deliberate. One way that occurred to me as you're saying that it seems like you have a different kind of willingness to engage. Yeah, definitely. In fighting, that is that that is true. I don't know. Maybe I do. And I do. I don't know. Maybe not. I mean, like yeah, that's what, a good I, what question. I, I don't think about that. I don't know. If well, I like I realized for me one day and again, look, I'm way older than you are. And I didn't realize this till not very long ago. <laughs> I mean, I've been an individual sport athlete my whole life. And I, and, yeah. and I don't know if what I'm about to say is true, but it's a pattern okay. that I sort of identified that in business, I tend to think of what I'm doing in the same way that I think about how I compete, which is best man or best thing wins. Yeah. I'm wrong because that's not the way it works in business. I've often gotten, I've often had people win a fight, if you will, because I had the best thing. I was the best man. And rather than them just going, Hey, we lost. They do something when they're backed into a corner to get out of that position, to disengage. And the thing that they did screwed up my business. I mean, just with zero shoes, we had, um, we had a a multi-billion dollar company get an, a a big uh, order with a retailer canceled an order that we had canceled because they didn't Uh want us in that store because we were already beating them in another store. And it would have wow. never occurred to me in a million years to that, call that's... the store and say, we don't want that brand, that Zero Shoes, we don't want them in there. And then, of course, the store went okay, because that was a, mu- yeah. a multi-billion dollar company. Right. And they, what, they will gain more from that. Yeah. So, you know, so I have, it's taken me a while to learn that my natural inclination, and again, I don't know which came first, this idea or just being an individual, individual sport athlete, but the idea of best thing wins, you know, I'm constantly having to check that. Cause that, yeah. could, that could get me, I could lose that fight. Yeah. Well, for, for me, the way I look at martial arts is like, I mean, it's always been about like self progression, you mm. know? So most times that aligns with being the best, but ultimately I have to, I have to like focus on my self progression before any of that like matters. Um, right. You know? So just like, so if I look at a camp, like if I'm, I'm starting to fight a camp, I have an opponent. So I'm practicing self-progression, like progressing in everything um, I do within the Miss Martial Arts uh, realm, all pretty much all year, all year long. I'm, I'm focused on I'm getting better, tightening things up, learning new things, getting better. Once I uh, have a, a opponent, I'm then also fighting on or focusing on getting better. But there's smaller window of things I have to be better at because of the opponent, you right. know. So a, a lot of the stuff, like yeah, like my finance, everything is like. And for me, like I, I mess up a lot, you know, <laughs> I mess up a lot. So I'm like, 
as long as I'm better than I was yesterday, I'm going to be all right in the long run, you know? And that's kind of how I looked at uh, mixed martial arts. Like, like I can mess up and still win, but as long as I, the more things I can, I can make better, the more things I can uh, do, make a little tighter, I'm going to be good in the, in the long run. Um, but yeah, it, it like starts with me. I don't necessarily like compare myself with a lot of other fighters. Like, which I've been told I need to do more of uh, like watching film on like all the greats and, and things like that. Like I don't do that, which that could help with my self-progression, but I'll be, I'm so focused on like, Hey, I'm doing this right now. What, how can I do it better? Or why can't I do this right now? You know right. what I mean? Well, I mean, so, looking, looking at the, looking at the greats, I'm going to look, I'll come back to business. People have at, yeah. called me every now and then and said, Hey, uh, we have this opportunity to go to Richard Branson's Island and hang out with Richard Branson. Do you want to go? And I say, why would I want to do that? And they go, what do you mean? It's Richard Branson. Imagine what you could learn. I said, I can tell you what I'll learn. I'm not Richard Branson. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's exactly. That's how I feel, you know? That's it. Yeah, that's exactly it. Like the great. I feel like the great in mixed martial arts is, is Demetrius Johnson, you know, but I have not watched a lot of Demetrius Johnson's fights. When they come on, I watch them, but I'm not like studying how he's doing things because I'm not doing those things. If I right. if I wanted to do those things, you know, then I would have to like start start from fresh and like, yeah, start being him. I got to I got to be a little shorter. I got to, you know, uh, be quick. Well, and here's another proof that just watching other people to try to figure out what they're doing uh, doesn't necessarily work is, uh, and this is getting in the weeds a little bit for people. There's a boxer, Russian boxer named Lomachenko. It's his last name. And people have, a lot of people have- Vasil Lomachenko. Vasil Lomachenko. A lot of people have watched him because what he does is amazing. And again, yeah. yeah, you don't even know anything about boxing. If you watch him, it just looks like magic. And I don't care how many people have watched him they will never be able to do that. Nope. Yeah. Nobody will be able to do it like him. No. Yeah. It's fascinating. One last, one last thing that occurs to me, just I'm, I'm really curious about is the the MMA or even the wrestling community. And I ask this because um, I went to the Atlanta Olympics. Let me rephrase that. I went to watch the Atlanta Olympics. It's not that I was in them. Um, <laughs> and I like, I, I always like going to see things that I know nothing about. Because mm-hmm. I find that interesting. And I knew nothing about wrestling. And this was Greco-Roman wrestling. Um, and yeah. for people who don't know, the thing with Greco-Roman wrestling, basically, it's everything above the waist. So, yep. you know, it's just not, there's no leg locks. You're not going in and scooping people's legs. Um, it's mm-hmm. very, I mean, it's about as old school as it gets. Greeks yeah. and so what was really fun is I think I was the only person in that room who wasn't either a wrestler or family of a wrestler. And what was really fun is they all knew each other. And what was really fun is there was that on that one day, one of the Polish wrestlers was just having a really great competition and everybody in the stands, no matter where they were from, no matter whose kid, you know, they had, who was about to fight, they were all suddenly Polish. They're all just screaming, Polska, Pol-. I mean, they just love <laughs> because they know on any given day, you know, it, it could really work for someone and not for someone else. Yeah. They were just so happy that for this yeah. guy, it was really working. And it was, I mean, it was, I was crying. Everyone was so, it was just so generous because they've all been on every side of that equation. It was exactly. And that's, and that's, that's exactly everybody there, especially at the highest level have more often times than not, they were with everybody that was there, was there when they was kids, was there, you know, all the way growing up or, or they had a family member. If they're at an Olympic event, 
they've been at this family member's freaking uh, high school matches, middle school matches, uh, out of season matches, you know? <laughs> and so they understand, they understand like what goes into it, like what the heartaches are, you know, um, some days you don't have it and you know what that means. So like any, I feel like I want, I almost said elitist group, but I, that definitely not the right uh, term, but well, every, um, is that the no, right I mean, term? It's, it's similar. I mean, basically, yeah. I mean, when you're at an elite level, yeah. Yeah. Each one of those groups, I feel like, like a small, like family, like close knit family, like even if they're like rivals, you know, they see each other a lot. They, they, they understand they, you. They understand each other. Yeah. I met a guy, yeah. I met a guy two weeks ago who's a three-time Olympic gymnast and I was an all-American gymnast, but I never got that level. And we were just talking like on the first day that we met, I was just, we were just sharing stories. And on the second day I came up to him, I said, I, look, I want to apologize if my stories from, you know, way down here, I'm not trying to compare my stories to your way up here stories. And he said, are you kidding? Just the, the fact that I can talk to someone who understands this is so much fun. Yeah. And that was really, exactly. it was really very sweet. And I imagine there've been times where you or your family comes up to, I mean, I, I don't know, what's your record by the way? Uh, 18 and one. So yeah. on that one, I imagine mm-hmm. that there were people who, well, I'll say it this way, during the 18 that you won, I imagine mm-hmm. that you and or people who know you or family members came up to the loser and congratulated yeah. that person, appreciate yeah. that person. That time that you lost, I bet they did the same thing to the guy who beat you. Yep. Yep, exactly. His coaches, his, uh, yeah, actually his family members came up and was like, hey, man, you'll be all right. You know, um, it is just a stepping stone. Um, of course, at that time, you don't, you're like, ah, whatever. <laughs> well, you but, know, yeah. But I mean, yeah, it happens. I mean, I, I'll, I'll never forget when I was a gymnast uh, in high school, my, our coach said to us, like, um, we're competing against some team. There's some particular gymnast, you know, we're hoping to beat. And then he screws something up. Something doesn't go good. And we kind of went, oh, yeah. And he said, don't ever do that. Don't ever yeah. do that. Yeah. If yeah. you're going to win, you want to win because you beat someone, not because you didn't yeah. do your best. And all you yeah. want to do is do your best. And if you don't do it, then you don't want them doing the same thing to you. And, yeah. and that was that was a big life lesson for us. Profound, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, all right. So let's move into the part that you started with, with your awesome promo. Thank you. So how did you find Zero Shoes to begin with? I don't even remember. Man, how did I? Um, <laughs> I mean, it was Everest. I believe. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everest, um, he just had me try him out. So, so Everest is your manager. Yep, Everest is my manager. He, and so, he wait, so me- wait, let me back up. So clearly when you're fighting, you're not uh, wearing footwear. And yeah. so, so, but there's a whole lot of training where being barefoot yeah. is not going to be the thing to do. Exactly. So I, I run on the treadmill often. I run outside often. Um, a lot of the strength and conditioning I do, the circuits, are on turf, you know, I'm doing on hills, I'm doing stuff on sand, doing stuff on concrete, um, and my feet are not, <laughs> because I, I feel like I sweat a lot and I'm, uh, I'm like barefoot a lot, my feet aren't the roughest thing in the world, you know what I mean? So uh, I can't do those things. I can't, I just can't do those things barefoot <laughs> if I want to. Oh, no, it's fine. And so, yeah. so let's pretend that it was Everest who found us somehow and thought this yeah. might be a good idea. Did it take convincing or did he just buy something for you? How'd that happen? Yeah, no, he bought something um, for me and had me try. Or, or I think you guys might have sent out something for me to try. Oh, yeah. And it was just like I was just going to try uh, running in them for a while and just see how they felt. And then, I, yeah, I went from running to like uh, doing my training in them because before I was just I just tried the running. Um, and then, you know, that really when I when I started the running, I started noticing the difference. Like that week, that week I started noticing the difference. And what I noticed notice? was. 
I noticed that I had an imbalance in strength in my doggone legs. My legs were, I, and I also probably talking to Jesse Graff, I probably went too hard uh, when I first got the shoe, thinking yeah. like, oh, it's just a normal, you know, it's just a different shoe, you know? And so I was running, what was it? Like 18 minutes for three miles. So like seven minute miles, I was running like three of them um, after training. And um, I was doing that like three times a week. Um, and I was doing that in the shoe. And after that first week, the, the back of my uh, my feet were just like super, way sore than I've ever had them be sore. And the like right underneath my calf was like super sore. Like at the end of that week, it like hurt to walk, you know? And so I was like, but I understand like, you know, like like injuries and like soreness, you know? Right. Soreness from, from muscle fatigue, right. pretty much. And so I was like, Obviously, these muscles have never either never been worked or they just like are getting cheated some type of way. And that and that's why I know when that happened, I was like, yeah, man, um, I like the shoes. I need the shoes because at, at the, the very least of what happened, I want to be I want to be stronger or harder to kill in that way. Like, if I need to, <laughs> you know, if I needed to run somewhere uh, barefoot, like I obviously can't do it for a long time. So yeah. I was like, man, I'm, you got me. <laughs> now, you this is, me. of course, this is a brilliant insight into the way your mind works, because many people in that situation, which is just called doing too much too soon, um, mm-hmm. will go, oh, see, this doesn't work because, look, you know, I got sore and it's just going to be bad. Yeah. But, you know, and, and the problem with the too much too soon idea is, of course, you don't know you did too much until you do too much. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I will add calf pain is optional um, there mm-hmm. because it's a, it's it's as much about learning to relax in the right way as it is about getting yeah. stronger. Because, you, in fact, the more important part is the relaxing part. The getting stronger happens over time. But the relaxing part is something you can do almost immediately um, if you yeah. pay attention. Yeah. And I was like running on my tiptoes, I feel like, when I first right. got them. I felt like the shoes were so light. I was like, oh, man, I could just. Just, you know, yeah, run on my heel, never touch the mat or never touch the treadmill. And I'll just like run, you know, and that's an interesting and common misconception. People hear that, oh, you're supposed to land on your forefoot of the ball, your foot. And they think because some people actually teach this, that you're supposed to just be on your toes and your heel never touches the ground, which yeah. is not the case. And that can cause some serious calf strain. Um, yeah. I mean, the first time I ran with someone who was overstriding, reaching their foot way out in front of their body and then pointing their toes to land on the ball of their foot. It's like, what are you doing? She's yeah. like, what you're supposed to do. It's like, no, 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 no. You're supposed to land with your feet underneath your body. And when you do that, you can't help but land on the ball of your foot or your forefoot. And then you let your heel relax because uh-huh. you just don't want to be spending more energy than you need to. And she's like, yeah. No. Yeah. See, I never fun. knew. I never knew that. You know, the other, yeah, I've never, there's a lot of things I just, you know, just did, you know, and that's that, and that's going back to um, like I always want to be like a little better than yeah. I was last time, or you know, so if I like that type of stuff is stuff that I like needed. I talked when I went when we had the, the partner thing with uh, Jesse Graff, and she talked about um, like foot training or muscular training in your foot and, and things like that. I was like, man, that's something I I need to learn because nobody's teaching it. You know, um, nobody's teaching me how to run. I just been running for 30 years and, well, the good news is that if you pay attention, you you tend to figure it out because your bot your brain is not stupid. And if something's painful or something feels awkward, and you kind of 
you know, you are paying enough attention, you're going to make adjustments to not do that thing that's painful or stupid. Like my story is I had a big, my second, first barefoot run ended up with a big blister on the ball of my left foot. And I'm going, how come my right foot is fine? And on my second yes. barefoot run, I paid attention to my right leg, thinking that if I stop doing whatever caused the blister, then that, or basically if I stop doing what hurts, cause I got a gaping hole in my foot, then I'm probably yeah. not doing what caused the blister. And after nine minutes and 30 seconds of agony, my brain figured it out and my form changed and everything was easier, smoother, more fun, <laughs> faster. And it's like, Oh, you know, was <laughs> that I didn't even know I had until yeah. I got that feedback. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So you kind of got to mess up too. Well, there's, right, there's, so. there's no choice. You can't do it perfectly on, you can't learn something new perfectly on day one. And what yeah. other, what people also forget is that the frustration that it feels in trying to learn something new is not a sign that it's difficult and you can't do it. It's a sign that you're laying down new neural pathways to be able to do it. Yeah. And I'm, I can only imagine, you know, you've had that same thing, especially same picking, thing. Digital, picking up boxing, picking up Muay Thai. It's yeah. like, you know, you can't, you don't even know what you're doing wrong at first. Cause you yeah. can't feel it. And then eventually you get a little smarter and it's like, Oh, and then you yeah. keep getting smarter mostly cause someone hits you and you go, how the hell? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious about something. I just remembered this years ago. In fact, when I was in high school, my gymnastics, this is this be funny to say it this way. My gymnastics coaches, ex-wife's husband, well, um, he, gave, he became really good friends with because the guy was a professional yeah. athlete. He was a boxer and he came into the gym one day and said, all right, I'm going to show you how we do what we do. It's like, and our coach, Jack, he says, don't hit people. He's not going to hit anybody. I'm just going to show you that people don't understand this sport. Mm-hmm. And so he put a quarter on our head, on the top of our head. And he goes, I'm going to try and take that quarter off your head. You just try to block me and you can try and do it however you want. I'm going to start with my hands at my sides and I'm just going to grab the quarter. You try to stop me. And none yeah. of us could. It's like flailing. Yeah. And it was only yeah. years later that I realized it's literally impossible. The, the amount of time that it takes for him to move his hand, to grab the quarter, and then move his hand back, it's not possible to process that information into your brain and then send that information to your hands to block him. So clearly what's happening it, to be able to block him is we'd have to st- we'd have to see that he's telegraphing the move and then kind of anticipate what he's doing and he just didn't yeah. telegraph anything yeah and so i imagine at first with some of these new things you were picking up coming back to that that you know at first it was kind of like how the hell did they just do that yeah and then eventually you learn to see these subtle things yeah you know your you eyes l- you learn like where where the movement is or where where stuff is coming from um yeah especially like in punches you know yeah um, punches you like a lot of times the hand is the like the you don't want to focus on the hand you, you want to focus like what's going on around because their tails before the hand kind of comes up to hit you in the face you know so yeah so, and and especially if if if, if you do it or if you're doing it right there's like a lot less there's a lot less or a lot yeah a lot not as many, you know, tails, you know. Right. Um, There's fewer but, things you're paying attention. You're basically learning what not to pay attention to. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. interesting. So backing up to feet, because what the hell? So you you got some zero shoes. You started having this mm-hmm. experience of like, oh, this is gonna make this could make me stronger. How now yeah, that yeah. this has been six months or so, what else have yeah. you noticed, and how has this, if if at all, I'm not trying to you know um, lead the witness. Um, right. How how have you noticed the translation of what's happened from spending more time using your feet naturally into what you're doing in the ring? 
Um, yeah, so I've noticed, especially in my like um, my strength and conditioning. Well, not actually, no. I, I notice it. I notice it too in my sparring. So sparring is where I like test out uh, my techniques and my the, the things I've been working on um, against somebody else's like trying uh, play fighting or or yeah yeah sparring. Um, so in sparring, I'm noticing like more balance in like like kicks, you know, uh, and that's, that's another like misconception. Like a lot of martial arts are like based on, on balance, you know, being able to manipulate your body in a fashion where you still have a base underneath you is like super important in mixed martial arts, because if, if I'm balanced, then I can do all things. Um, once I'm off balance, there's, it's limited. The things that I can do are limited, you know, and I never been want to be in a situation where I'm limited against somebody else who's not. So um, balance is like huge for me. And I, I noticed that I've, so I've been practicing different kicks, you know, in specific or a specific kick is like a front kick, you know? Um, and I'm noticing my balance on the leg that's like not kicking is like super important. And it's, it's, it's better. Like I can, I can throw. So I, I used to be able to like, like throw a flip kick. Um, but now I, I feel like I can, I can I can throw it without like having to worry about my balance, so I can throw it a couple times now, you know. Um, so things like that. Obviously, uh, the running, you know, I'm able to go longer. I'm able to run, you know, without there being like pain in my legs now. Um, what else, you know? Well, I'm yeah, guessing. You know, I would I would assume also from wearing zero shoes, your mortgage rate has improved. Your kids are acting. Oh better. yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I got better libido. I got, you know, better. <laughs> My kids love me more. It's all that. No, but that's the things I, I noticed. And that's the things that like are like kind of invaluable to me, yeah. you know, um, but for what I do, I need those things. This presents a bit of a challenge for us professionally because a, you know, we're happy to be supporting you, uh, and b, we want you to do really well, and c, you know, we want to get zero shoes on everybody, but we don't want them to have the same competitive advantage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know. I was thinking about that uh, the day, or because I was like doing interviews and I was like talking about uh, zero shoes. I was thinking about like, what if my opponents start figuring out that he needs zero shoes? Then everybody <laughs> gonna figure it out, you know. But you know, it's it's gonna be too late. I will be past. I'll be there. Past, you go. You know? <laughs> Yeah, I've been I'm six months ahead now. So even if he starts now, he's behind. We've right. actually been having this conversation with an NBA team. What? Oh, Go yeah. Ahead. I was going to say, though, like that's like part of like the deliberateness and like the rest of my life. Like, like it's always I feel like when I when I find out the like the right way to do things, I'm like, why did I waste so much time doing it the wrong way? Like if I would have known this before. You know, um, well, and that's how I feel about uh, my shoes now. I'm like, like my shoes should be doing what I'm doing for, you know what I mean? My shoes should be helping me. Like, if, why don't I have them on if they're not like helping me? You know, look, this is this is the thing. Uh, Dr. Irene Davis, um, she was at Harvard. She all, often says, we just need to get kids wearing shoes like zero shoes, because then by the time they're adults, we won't be treating them for the problems that adults currently have. So there's yeah. always, a, you know, if I only knew. But um, in some situations, that would be horrible. I mean, we always love to say, if I only knew now what I didn't know, if I only knew in high school what I know now, it's like, oh, no, you would have been dangerous. That would have been, <laughs> you would have been arrested, yeah. I assure you. But, um, uh, but there are things where you know there's no way to know before you know and there's yeah. things 
we're trying to do to make it so that this is not a question anymore because it's just the it because it's it becomes the new normal that this is yeah. just the way it is is using your feet your feet naturally. So yeah, um, we've only got a couple of minutes, so I want to jump into the more important thing. You've got a big fight coming up. We are happily yeah. part of that. We're going to be announcing a really fun promotion that we're doing for people who want to be able to come out and train with you for a day, check out the fight, get some zero shoes as well. But the big thing is to hang out with you for a day. So talk yeah. about what's coming up and what you're doing to get ready for that. Yeah, so uh, I'm training. I have a fight December 9th in Connecticut. Yeah, Mohegan Sun, Connecticut, uh, or Mohegan Sun Casino. And it's for, and I'm in a tournament. So it's, this is the semifinals of a million-dollar tournament. Of course, I'm the champion of uh, Bellator. I'm the interim uh, Bantamweight champion because uh, the, cha- the champ, which was one of my teammates, that's another story for another time, mm. is hurt right now. Um, so I'm the champion. I'm defending the champion in the semifinals of this million-dollar tournament. And, um, yeah, it's the biggest fight of my uh, life. There's a lot of crap talking between the both of us. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> um, you know, and it's it, it's going to be a, a fun time. And, yeah, we got, we got some fun stuff, you know, planned for some people who want to come out and train, come to the fights. Yeah, I don't know if we can announce it yet, but it's – uh, Yeah, be- coming soon. Okay. All right. We yeah. It's yeah, for people for people who want to hear about this to have a chance to you know, go to the fight, hang out with Rafian, etc. Uh, make sure you are on uh, following us on social media. Go to zeroshoes.com slash subscribe because it'll be in our newsletter coming up. Um, it's a very exciting promotion with a number of other people. And um, now, when you say million dollar event, uh, if you win, you don't get a million dollars. Yeah. No. If I win, I get a million dollars. What? Like, the- I, I, I was, get I, I get a million dollars on top of what I make uh, to fight. So this is actually like life changing for my family. Say it again. No, I knew that you actually did, but it was fun saying you can't be getting a million dollars. Like holy, <laughs> holy. I know. Even me thinking about it now, it's like what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so because I mean, for people who don't know, when I started fighting, I fought for like I would go through the same process of a camp. Uh, my first fight, I got two hundred fifty dollars to um, show. And then $250 to uh, win. So I got $500, uh, which was pretty much I had to put back into my training. I had to, so I was making no money uh, for fighting, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, and this is like every three, four months, you know, that was like my, what, what I would make, you know? So I was struggling for a long time. So even like think that this is a possibility is like huge, you know. Um, it's, it's, it's it's awesome. Huge. It's amazing. So backing up to trash talking, um, what do you do, if anything, to get into someone else's head? Um, you know, I try to keep it light because at the end of the day, this isn't this is a business, and it's like we, there's no real beef. But for me, there's no right. like real beef, you know. But I'm gonna say things that are true. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna probably make light of situations that you think are serious. Right. And um, I feel like that gets under people's skin, you know. It does. Uh, <laughs> you ever, do you... What, what I'm basically trying to do is distract you from um, how good I'm or how much I'm preparing and how serious right. I'm taking this. So that's literally my trash talk. I'm not like talking about families or religion or, or things like that. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty much distracting you, getting under your skin, talking about things that shouldn't matter, but you find important. So uh, I, 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 I can think of two versions of this. One is, did you ever, did you ever watch the movie Pumping Iron? No. Oh my God. You got to watch it. This is about Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's, it's, and, and Lou Ferrigno, really. I mean, it was their rivalry in the 70s and 80s. And the way Arnold got under Lou's skin, it was like they'd be having lunch and he'd say something really offhanded to Lou, like, Oh, Lou, I thought you were working on your traps. (laughs) 
<laughs> and, and Lou, but then, you know, just totally get to him. Um, yeah. or, you know, or you could do the exact opposite where you could really get someone. It's like, you know, you could watch someone and go, oh man, I should have been working on my kicks. That's just, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty much what I'm doing. I'm just, I'm so the opponent that I have, he's a wrestler. And he likes to grapple, and most people call grappling boring. So I just like make fun of the fact that his fights are boring, uh, <laughs> and then I'm sure that will like incite him to might maybe not go to his best his best route to win. No, this is all right. So here's here's me pretending to be you. So here's this thing. Yeah, you know, to prepare for this fight, um, I watched a lot of your fights because they helped me get to sleep. Yeah, exactly. That's a, that, I said that. I think I said that. It's like, man, it's like perfect NyQuil for me, you know? Um, I think the other thing I said was like, I have kids that throw tantrums all the time and um, I'm used to somebody, you know, um, you know, coming up thinking they're, you know, better than we are. So I let them kind of do what they want to do because they're like a child, you know? So, oh, man. Um, but that type of stuff like piss people off. <laughs> so it's fun. <laughs> my, my, my favorite thing i think one of my favorite things i've ever seen in like you know a pre-fight sort of standoff when everyone's staring at each other and i've seen this yeah. with both men and women is one of the fighters like as they're really glaring at each other one just kisses the other one yeah now <laughs> hysterical it's like i mean i i feel like that would affect me too i'll be like what the that's like hard that's a hard thing to like get your mind around like I'm ready to, you know, hurt this guy really bad. And then he kisses me. Like, that's a bunch of mixed well, feelings that so, I'm not ready for. So you so you got to get ready for that one. So if someone ever does it, you're ready to, I mean, you don't have to do it for real, but you're ready to, right? like, go back but in. Then, but it's also, like, how far do I want to take it? Like, am I just going <laughs> to kiss him back? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. well, well, I'm trying to go with this, you know? So, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of ways to play that that could be hysterical. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. So, all right. So, if people are going to want to watch this fight, um, yeah. how are they going to do that on December 9th? Yeah. So, they can um, either come to Connecticut, Mohegan Sun, Connecticut, or they can go to Showtime. It'll be on, uh, yeah, Showtime. I'm the main okay. event. And so, uh, yeah, it's Showtime app, Bellator. It'll be streamed live on awesome. there. Awesome. Um, well, Rafian, um, as always, a total pleasure. Um, I don't know if I can actually make it out to Connecticut. I got to double check. Um, we got a bunch of things going on right around then that are, that yes, I, think we might be, I think we're at a trade show, which is annoying as crap, but either way, um, I, I'm so excited for you and can't wait to see what happens. And of course I hope you win. Um, and yes, really looking forward to, you know, this fight and everything beyond that. If people want to um, be able to follow you and track you down, tell them how they can do that. Yeah, you can uh, follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Rafian Stark or Rafian Stocks, one word on uh, Instagram and, and Twitter. Uh, that's R A U F. Yeah, sorry, you read my mind. Spell it for for everyone. R A U F E O N S T O T S. Yeah, and we'll put that in the show notes, obviously. So um, definitely follow Rafi. I mean, he's got. There's some amazing content. Again, even if you know nothing about MMA, even if you think that fighting is the you know dumbest thing in the world, you will find this fascinating and inspiring. Um, and uh, um, you know, I hope that you that from this conversation you've gotten what I was saying is you know this is not what you think it is, and he is not. These are not the droids you're looking for. So, yeah. <laughs> and that alone should make you curious enough to go check it out. And and hopefully you'll you'll discover something new that you might not know about and have some fun. And if you do know about it, it's going to give you something to pay attention to that's going to be really really exciting to watch so um Ruffin, again thank you so so much we are thrilled to be on your team and to help in any way that we can and um, i'm just really looking forward to what's next 
Hey, I want to say thank you guys. Thank you guys so much. Um, I feel like you definitely, there was a shift in my mind, a shift in my body. So I appreciate you guys, you know, regardless of uh, if you're sponsoring me or not, I am a believer in Zero Shoes. Um, and I thank you for opening my eyes to them. Oh, no. Again, our pleasure. So everybody else, thank you for being part of this conversation as well. Just a reminder, go to www.jointhemovementmovement.com for more info, previous episodes, how to find us, where to find us on social media as well. And if you have any questions or requests or complaints or comments or anyone you think I should talk to on this show, including someone who might think that I have cranial rectal reorientation syndrome, aka I have my head up my butt, um, I'm okay. I would be happy to talk to someone who thinks that. So we can just you know see what that conversation turns into. Uh, by the way, I know where it's going to go. And um, more, so you can reach out to me by just dropping me an email, move, M-O-V-E, at jointhemovementmovement.com. And most importantly, until then, go out, have fun, and live life feet first.